what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What beautiful words we find here in our Old Testament lesson for today, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. We have before us a brilliant picture of who God is and what he desires in his people, that they stand always in awe of the Lord's majesty, that they become like him in every way, and that he alone would possess their whole heart and finally claim even their deepest affections. Our Lord first spoke the words in our text today through the mouth of the great prophet Moses to his covenant people of old, the people of Israel. By these words, the Lord brought to their remembrance the great and terrifying things he worked for his people. He impressed upon them the reality that even though all of heaven and earth are his, yet the Lord set his heart in love on their fathers and chose them above all people to be his treasured possession, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. He set them apart as the people through whom the savior of the world would come. And with these things, the Lord showed the sons of Israel that their calling to be his people would affect them in the deepest possible way. Their calling would inform the things they did, the way they spoke, and all their life. Their whole identity was thus defined by and oriented towards Yahweh, who made them his very own. His love changed them. You see, since the Lord was and is in himself the highest good, the Israelites were given to devote themselves to him completely and to be as he is. Indeed, how could it be otherwise? Since they were the Lord's people, they were to walk in the Lord's ways and not their own. As the Lord is righteous, so they were to be righteous. As the Lord loved and cared for the fatherless, the widow, and the sojourner, so his people were to do the same. For their life with God would not be formless and void. It's not as though their life in God would have no definite shape or character to it. No, their life and conduct were to be patterned after that of the Lord. They were called to live in the image and likeness of God. So the Lord gave them commandments and statutes as a reflection of his character, like a divine mirror revealing who he is by nature. But if you know the history of the ancient Israelites, then you know that they were not as he is. The commandments God gave them also revealed their sin. Whereas the heart of the Lord was shown to be pure and blameless, that of his people was shown to be polluted and defiled. Whereas God was shown to be the epitome of beauty and goodness in all his ways, his people were shown to be hideous and wicked in theirs. And though the Lord put his steadfast love and mercy on full display time after time, 
His people displayed only wanted, wanton rebelliousness very often. They did not love the Lord their God with all their heart and with all their soul, nor did they love their neighbors as themselves. And neither do you. Neither do I. Lament, therefore, where you see their likeness in yourself, where the nature and form of your life matches theirs. As St. Paul tells us, the history of Israel was written for our instruction, that we would repent of our wickedness and hold fast to the Lord, that we would not be like so many of God's people of old who would not love him or walk in his ways and thus perished in the wilderness without reaching the promised land. Even so, where we are faithless, the Lord is faithful. He has kept his promises. He made his people of old as numerous as the stars in heaven and brought them into the land he swore he'd give them. So too has God kept his promise to provide a savior. For in the fullness of time, there finally appeared one who fears the Lord, who has walked in all his ways, who loves him, and has served the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul. It is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the divine image of God in every respect, the exact representation of his likeness. He was sent to be for us all that the commandments require. He is the one to whom they point, the telos of the law for righteousness for all who believe and the surpassing greatness and beauty of his life the Lord now gives to you and works within you. Indeed, in Christ the Lord your God has set his love on you and your forefathers in the faith, you above all peoples. Christ has become your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and mighty things. He has loved God the Father perfectly, and he's loved you perfectly, even unto death on a cross. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I appeal to you. How can you continue in the deformity of your sinful ways when the Lord your God has shown you still a more beautiful way? Would that his kindness might make your heart burn with affection for him, that is, after all, the very thing he desires. What a pious thing it is to long to be as he is, to live in anticipation of that day when the wickedness of our ways will be no more. Be no longer stubborn and unyielding, O child of God. For according to the words of St. Paul, in Jesus you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespass, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. 
And now you are being conformed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ, having been marked with the royal insignia of his holy cross, sealed by grace in the Holy Spirit. You are his, and he is yours. To Christ be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.